Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast, the show where we talk about everything and anything nursing and healthcare related. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer at Nurse.org. And today's episode, I wanted to talk about something that we've all experienced. We've all gone through it. Some of y'all going through it right now. I just got through something like this. And that is how to get through your day professionally when you have personal problems at home. Mm -mm -mm. Let me say that again. How to get through your day professionally when you have personal problems at home. That's a doozy, right? It's relatively easy to focus at work or at school or in your community service or organized activity under normal conditions, right? We do this. This is what we do. Uh, we're not new to this. We're true to this. We, we are high performers, right? We're learning. We're present. We're there. But what if you're struggling to keep your focus because you're distracted with a personal crisis? Now, let's not act like we've not all had our own personal crisis. We have. We have, Right. And let me say this, I'm going to say personal crisis, but I'm also going to say that what's a personal crisis to me may not be considered a personal crisis to someone else, but that don't matter. What matters is how you deem and measure this. So perhaps you've broken off an engagement or ended a long-term relationship. Maybe you found out that your significant other was cheating on you. Maybe you have a sick family member that now you and the family have to decide whether you're going to put them on hospice. Maybe you abruptly have to move because where you're renting, they're now selling the house and you're the way your pocketbook is set up, you don't have the funds to move right now. Maybe your kids are getting in trouble at school, they're acting up and you're feeling like, gosh, am I a bad parent? You know, it could be a multitude of things from romantic relationships to your family relationships. Maybe you and your best friend broke up, like you guys got in a big argument at the last girl's trip and you're not talking to each other and that's made you sad. Like you're having a personal crisis. Something that's very, very important to you is not working out the way you intended it to. And matter of fact, you're very hurt by it. You're disappointed. You're experiencing anxiety and fear and you are mentally and emotionally worn out and drained, and it has occupied your life. And that's all you can think about. That makes it hard to focus at work, especially if you're in a career like I am, which is as a healthcare provider. Now, I know some of you are listening are not healthcare providers, but listen, I'm pretty sure you have a job where you're responsible for something, or you're responsible for someone or an outcome or a budget or something. And you have to be present in the moment. Now, as a healthcare provider, it's so, 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 so important that I'm focused because 
I'm literally responsible for people's lives, right? The slightest misstep, the slightest oversight, the slightest distraction, the slightest delay in something can result in harm to a patient, okay? I need to be present in the moment. Nursing ain't the job for autopilot, y'all. I know some of y'all think that. Like, oh, I got my task list. I'm going to do this, this, and that. Tasky nurses can overlook things. And without that critical th- ability to critically think and individualize care and recognize each patient is different, each outcome is different, each IV stick will be different, each response to a medication will be different. I have to be present in the moment to identify that and to interpret that information and to then take action on that information. I got to be present. So it's hard to be mentally wrapped up in something else when I need to be mentally wrapped up in what's in front of me. Like my body's at work, right? Physically, I'm here, but mentally and emotionally, I'm a no-show for work. You can't do that. You can't mentally no-show for work. You have to be present. So again, how do we get through our day professionally when we're having personal problems at home? That, my friend, is a tough one. And some of y'all are going through it right now. And I've recently gone through something like that. I've gone through it for a couple times, okay? My kids have cut up. I've had relationship issues. And I'm actually going to share one that was, I think one of the most devastating for me was when I was going through a divorce, married children, you know, picture perfect life. And I find out that my husband's cheating. Listen, that is already devastation. And you know, what? I've not really talked about this. So I'm really getting transparent with you guys, but I think it's important. So then you understand like where I'm coming from and how. I am just like you. I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, that's Nurse Alice over there as if I'm somebody special. Now, I know, you know, my parents think I'm special, but I just want you to know that I'm not exempt from the same challenges and struggles as everyone else. Like I've, I've been through the mud as well. Was married, had children. My husband cheated on me and guys, it was just, wasn't just an act that, you know, came and gone. You know, some people are like, oh, you can work through infidelity and rebuild trust. This man had a whole nother child outside of our marriage. And I didn't find out when the lady was pregnant. I found out after the baby was born on what was our wedding anniversary child. Now I'm trying my best not to get emotional on this podcast, but I just laid something out really heavy. Even to this day, it's been years, but it's still heavy and it still hurts. Woo. Okay, deep breath. Let me take a sip of my my coffee because, child, listen, you talk about having a personal problem at home that impacts you professionally. It still hurts. And I had to sip some coffee and wipe these little tears because professionally, I'm going to get through this podcast while sharing something personally that's happened to me, which at the time devastated me. It really did. Just so y'all know, why am I crying, right? I think it's because sometimes when you tell stories, you have to, you're reliving the moment. You can be so far removed from it. It's over. And for the most part, you're healed. But, you know, we're all human. We're all going to have that moment where we think about something and it's going to bother us. Pull it together, y'all. Pull it together. There we go. I've pulled it together for y'all. But, you know, 
how do you deal with something? How do you maintain your professionalism and productivity at work when you're dealing with something personal at home that is mentally occupying you? And I've just shared my situation with you. Now you talk about a problem, someone who I've spent more than half my life with, had a family with, made major purchases with. I find out not only was he cheating, he had a child. And by the way, I'm in graduate school doing my master's in nursing education and clinical nurse specialist. What? And I'm working? What? Talk about a personal problem that's influencing me in so many spaces, work, school. I mean, even at home in my own home, I'm just like mentally, y'all, I was out the game. Mentally, I was, I clocked out, checked out. Physically, I'm here, but mentally, I'm checked out. No show to work. I'm physically at work, but my mind was elsewhere. And so, as I mentioned to you guys, some, I'm talk, I got a little emotional as I was talking about it, but it's because I think every time you talk about it, you're going to have to relive, you relive the moment a little bit. So I want to get through some tips that helped me get through scenarios like that, which by the way, that was one of my heaviest ones, right? Heaviest situations. I'm going to share tips on how I got through that and how those same tips have helped me through other scenarios. And I'm hopeful that those tips can help you if you are someone who is dealing with something personal that is absorbing you mentally, emotionally, and making it difficult for you to get through your day professionally. So tip number one, think about whether you should share. Now, I know people say sharing is caring. Listen, some things you don't necessarily want to share because it's so traumatizing that you don't even want to repeat it because it's going to break you down. It's going to consume you. And all you're going to want to do is cry and you're going to be so fixated on it and think like, well, what's me? My life is over. How am I going to do this? How am I going to, you know, what's going to happen? And like you worry, like I'm not exempt from worry, stress, fear, disappointment, anxiety. Like I was all those and a bag of chips. Okay. I was, but when you're going to your professional space, now for me guys, I was having to go to work. I was having to show up for work. I was having to show up for school and I was having to show up to take care of, of my children. And I did a poor job of taking care of myself through this whole ordeal. But one of the things that I had to do is I had to think about sharing this with my people at work and my people at school, especially. For some people, sharing makes them feel better. They can talk, they talk with it about with um, selective colleagues. It makes you feel more comfortable and you can be more productive at work. For some it can actually exacerbate the problem because now you feel like everybody's looking at you, everybody's judging you, um, they're talking behind your back about what you're going through, and you don't want to be the topic of discussion or gossip in the break room, right? For me, I didn't have anyone at work that I felt extremely comfortable with talking about it. And then as well, at school, I didn't really want to tell anyone what I was going through because I'll be honest, I've kind of felt like embarrassed. I was really embarrassed, like, oh my gosh, she's such a high performer at work and school. How come she can't have her personal life together? The rules that govern the personal life are not the same rules that govern the professional life. And many of us will say, why is our professional life so put together and then my personal life is shit? Why is that? A lot of people struggle with that, guys. And you, But you can't necessarily apply the same rules. But anyways, what I did, instead of divulging this to a lot of people, I think I had one person at school who I talked about it with 
And I think I had one coworker who knew the details of what I was going through. And I would talk to them because they were, I considered them friends outside of work, which is in school, which is why I shared with those people. But for the leadership, for my professors, for, you know, the manager and the charge nurse and all those people who going to evaluate my performance and my productivity, what I did was I actually sent an email to the manager and director and also the dean and my professors at work saying, I'm having some, some serious personal issues at home in regards to my marriage. It's making life a little difficult to focus. Gosh, why am I crying again? It's making life a little difficult to focus. And so, you know, I would appreciate some flexibility and compassion on some of my work assignments and things like that. I don't I can't remember the details of what I said, but you get the gist. I let them know that I was going through something at home and that it was really weighing on me and that in case you were wondering, you know, why I'm a little more quiet, why I'm not as participatory, if I seem a little distracted, this is why I'm going through something. And so I know that my professors appreciated that because I wasn't being my usual self. And we know when people aren't being their usual self, we know when something's wrong. We're like, oh, you're quiet today. What's up? Are you a little more sad today? What's up? We know when people are out of character, when you know we're used to a normally bubbly self, a productive self, a high achiever. All of a sudden they're quiet, seem a little more subdued, not as participatory. Maybe their performance isn't what it, it usually is. We question that. So to get ahead of the questions, because when you're going through something personally, you hate the questions. You hate the questions because you got either you got to explain or you're going to lie and play it off like, oh, no, I'm fine. And you're lying to yourself. But sometimes you rather lie than have to divulge everything that's going on because then you're going to relive the moment. So consider if you should share and if you're going to communicate to someone. Um, but by all means, I would recommend that you, you know, send an email maybe to your manager, director, your professors, letting them know you're having an issue. That way you don't actually have to say it. I would say it and I would start crying because it was painful. That's some heavy shit right there. Okay. Even though I'm so far removed, it's been several, several years. Um, I've moved on and been in other relationships. Um, it's still a little stings. But anyways, it's good to communicate that. And then also what I would do is on the day-to-day basis, like when I would go to work, I would let the charge nurse know or my lunch buddy, like, hey, just want to let you know, got a lot going on at home with family. So if I'm a little quiet, if I look a little sad, if I'm just off in a corner somewhere, I'm okay. I just need some time. I need some space. Don't really want to talk about it. So that's why I just wanted to let you know up front. I'm not being mean. You know, I don't want anybody to think that I'm not a team player. I'm just, this is how I deal with it. I just, I just need some time, some alone time, some me time. That's it. But I'm here. I'm here to take care of patients. I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm going to do the work. And if I need some help, I'm definitely going to ask for it if I, you know, if I get overwhelmed, but I just wanted you to know without divulging all the details about it. So I would do that. Now, there are some other things that I would do, but I'm going to get into those as we move down the list. But deciding to communicate who you're going to communicate with and what you're going to say is something that's real important. Because if you ignore this and you don't say anything and then your performance starts to decline, then people will start to look at you as an individual as if this is who you are. This is the quality of work you put out. And that's not the case. You are just going through something personally that's impacting you professionally. And you need to address that because there also needs to be kind of a dotted line in the sand where if your performance gets to a certain point, whether you recognize it or they recognize it, 
you may need to take some time off. You do. If you need to take some time off because this is really heavy, which is what I did. I took some time off. Um, by all means, you do that. But if you don't, and then your your charge nurse or a manager or someone says, you know what, you're you're mentally distracted, you're unsafe, we need to send you home. You don't really want that to happen. But in the case that it does, understand that it's the safest thing for you and the patient. Because as healthcare providers, we're responsible for people's lives. And if I'm so mentally and emotionally distracted that I can't focus, that is a safety issue, okay? So tip number one, think about whether you should share who you're going to share with and what you're going to say. Uh, Tip number two for how to get through your day professionally when you're going through something personally, you're going to need to set some boundaries, set some boundaries with your family, with your friends, or whoever it is that you are dealing with that may be contributing to the issue or the problem. And let me say this, some people feel more comfortable if they face their problems and tragedies head on. Some do, right? And then some people feel better when they're at work so they can keep their minds off their personal worries. I don't know which category you fit in. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. But in either case, when you're at work, you should be at work. Now we're human. You're like, but I'm human. I have feelings too. And yes, you are. You are entitled to those feelings. But if those feelings and emotions supersede your ability to focus and provide safe patient care, then that's a time where you may need to go home or take some time off. So to prevent that, set some boundaries at work. So what does that mean? That means like, can't talk to your buddies throughout the day or people who are involved in the issue because they're going to keep your mind focused on that personal problem that is waiting for you when you get home from work. I have friends and they mean well. I know they mean well. They're like, have you talked to so-and-so? Did he call you? You know what? That girl's ugly anyways. And they like say things to make you feel better, which you might chuckle in the moment, but really helps keep that wound open. It doesn't allow for healing. It doesn't allow you to focus at work. It actually keeps your mind preoccupied on the issue that you're dealing with. Now, I use those examples because again, I just shared a major thing that I went through. Again, found out my husband was cheating, found out after a child was born and I was in my master's program at school. What the fuck? That like a shit storm for real. But I had girlfriends who were like, She's ugly anyways. You're a better, you know, like I get it. Thank you so much, friend. I appreciate you like being team Alice. But when I'm at work, I'm at work. That wasn't helping me. I needed to focus. So I said, I had to like tell my girlfriend, I'm like, look, I can't talk to you. Don't text me. I got focus. I got, I got lives to save. And they respected that. They did. Now, when it came to him, listen, block, 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 block. Okay. We not, no, not entertaining any conversation from him. Because you, sir, are the reason why I'm going through the gutter right now. Like, I feel like I'm being flushed down a toilet. Or at least my emotions feel like it. So I had to cut that cut that out. I don't want to hear any apologies. I don't want to hear any sorries. I don't want to hear nothing. Because that was keeping me present in the moment. And again, I'm at work. I had to check those issues at the door. Now, let me say this. This was a crawl before you walk type of thing. So I took some time off first. But then when I got back to work, I had to set these boundaries. Okay, so that's what it is. I had to set some boundaries. So that included conversations, text messaging. I wouldn't get on social media or look at things like that. When I was at work, I was at work. And then when I was at home, home had my full and undivided attention. Now I did tell my friends and family, like, listen, now if somebody's hurt, sick, the toilet's flooded, we got to call a plumber, like something emergency, I'm available to talk. But if it ain't about an emergency, 
I'm going to wait for it to get home because I need to focus at work. I'm trying to resume some normalcy in my life. And some of that normalcy is being America's favorite nurse and America's favorite nurse got to focus and save these lives. I got to get back there. Okay. Cause I'm taking care of sick patients. I'm working in ICU. I'm working in the emergency room. Like I have to focus. There's no room for error because I was having an emotion. I was having a sad moment and I missed someone's low potassium. They went to an arrhythmia and then they coded like, uh, no, not on my watch. What's not going to happen. I'll say this. I, that's how I dealt with it. I did see some coworkers. I've seen other people who did not handle it that way and were crying relentlessly at work, tissue always in hand, more so than their stethoscope and just really provided poor patient care. I don't know what the patients got from them that day. And although I am compassionate for people who are experiencing crisis, please take some time off, deal with your crisis. Once you've developed a game plan and you're ready to get back to some normalcy, Let's let me help you be successful at work. Let me help you to be constructive. Let's help you get back on your road to success. So you got to set boundaries. Tip number three, consider your employees benefits. So companies usually offer like a wide variety of employee benefits that some employees aren't even aware of. I mean, like, have you visited your employee assistance program? Have you visited human resources to see what they offer you? Even if you experience a specific personal problem that has nothing to do with work, you can usually still go to your human resources or your employee assistance program and they can help you with certain things, but they won't know until you say something. So, you know, sometimes that's like a a, a hard pill to swallow because you're like, I don't want to talk to these strangers about my problems, you know. And they're going to tell tell my boss what's going on. And the truth is these are conversations that are confidential. I went to my employee health office and I talked to them about what was going on with me. They there, not that they do it themselves, but they have resources and people that do this. They were able to provide some clinical therapy to help me talk through my emotions, help me to develop healthy strategies for dealing with what I'm dealing with, help me to establish some my boundaries, goals, and a plan of action so that I can maintain myself in a functional way for myself and my family and get through this inevitable divorce that was about to happen. I also got referrals for legal services, right? I was able to get a referral for a divorce attorney. I was also able to get assistance with daycare services, referrals for daycare. And there were also financial assistance programs because you know what happens when you take a powerhouse of two incomes and you throw a monkey wrench in it like what was going on with me I knew that I was going to be having to probably just it was all going to you know be on me at least for a while till we establish you know what the assistance would be what custody would be like all of these things there were so many ugly things that I knew were coming down the pipeline which were also overwhelming to me which was another reason why it was good for me to go to my employee assistance program because they were going to help me or talk me through or point me in the right directions or raise issues or ideas that maybe I hadn't thought about to help me get through what I was going through and then also you know they could make recommendations to my manager about you know what like if I needed some some time off or request some time off, but didn't want to take a full leave of absence, like make a, write something or communicate to the manager. Like, you know, Alice came to us, we're working with her. Um, we would appreciate it if, as long as, you know, unit needs allow that she could take the next two weeks off to take care of personal items at home while she goes through her family crisis or whatever. So, you know, they can do things like that. Also that what employee assistance offers, and maybe your problem's not as heavy as that. I mean, I know I laid a heavy problem out on y'all, but I'm not saying that your problem's not as heavy, 
right? Whatever's heavy to you is heavy to you. I also needed to get some normalcy in my life and I needed to break out of this depressive and sad state that I was often in. So I don't know if you guys know, but once you've experienced depression, it's very easy. Like your brain gets wired to go to that depressed place, like faster and faster, easier and easier every time, even if it's not as warranted the subsequent times. It's just your brain is wired like, oh, disappointment, depression. And it gets to that point faster each time because it's like, oh, I already know a depression feels disappointment. I'm going to be depressed. Let me get, let me get depressed. So your mind gets wired that way. So the one way to work around that or work through that, I should say in a healthy way is to introduce um, healthy new experiences, create healthy new memories that will hopefully kind of rewire your brain in a sense, right? So I had to break out of my normal, usual routine and insert other activities in there that would give my mind a break from anticipating another depressed moment. So what I would do is I would participate in hospital yoga, the meditation that they would have, or they would have referrals to places where you could do these things. So it's not like I had a whole bunch of time, but I had some time. And rather than spend my time alone, crying and depressed, I said, you know what? I got, I got to help myself. If I don't, it's like going to the gym. You don't really want to do it, but you got to do it. If I don't pull myself out of this hole, no one will. No one's coming to help me unless I help myself. So I would participate in those activities. I would participate in, you know, how they have nurses baseball night or whatever they would have. Like I would participate in the hospital activities to recreate experiences and, and memories to just kind of rewire my mind. Even drive the way I drove home, I would change the way that I would drive home to rewire my brain and get me out of this autopilot feeling that I was feeling going through all this. You know, check your a company benefits to see how they can help you. Okay. And also with this, sometimes schools have this too. So, you know, check with your counselor at school. That's what they're there for. Even if they don't have the service for you, they may be able to direct you to someone that can help you. And more often than not, these are low cost, no cost things that can help you. And listen, when you're already going through the motions and especially anything that has a financial element to it, you're like, I'm already broke. What, what, what? And so when you can get these services and benefits at a low cost, no cost that you really need, that's really helpful. So tip number four with how to get through your day professionally when going through personal problems is be compassionate to yourself, okay? Getting back to work at full speed after a major life crisis can be a very serious challenge. Hard, okay? Body shows up for work, mind, mental, emotionally, spiritually. You might be a no-show. You might be late, right? But in order to do it, you have to be patient with yourself, okay? And you might have some problems getting up to speed or you might be doing so well and then all of a sudden fall off the wagon. That's okay. Be compassionate about yourself, okay? Life is a marathon. This life is a marathon. You're gonna experience several challenges. This is just one that you're going through right now. Let's get over this hurdle, get you back in the race and hopefully establish some patterns and behaviors and lifestyle things that will help prepare you for the inevitable next challenge, right? So being compassionate with yourself. And one of the things I was helpful for me, especially I meant I was working, I was in school and I was taking care of my kids, right? I had to take care of my kids. I had to work on my time management. I had to, I had to kind of create a list of because my mind was like all scatterbrained sometimes. So I had to create a list. Okay, what do I need to, what do I need to do? What do I need to accomplish? 
And then I, I would map these things out and I would create like a to-do list and identify how I can best manage my time to get through these things. Like, okay, okay, I got to study for this exam. I'm going to set it aside two hours. I'm going to study for this. Once I'm done with that, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to watch some TV with the kids, spend some time with the kids and totally be present in the moment, not answer the phone, not look at a test question, just be present, have fun, engage, talk with the kids, do this type of thing. After that, I'm going to cook dinner while the kids are taking a bath, whatever, whatever, getting ready for bed. I'm going to cook dinner. So once, you know, after that, we'll have family time again, have dinner, put the kids to bed, and then I'm going to study some more. Like I would, I would do those things while I'm at home. And when I was at work, um, I would, you know, look at what all do I have to do today? I know some nurses, like, they never take a break. They're like, oh, I don't need, you know, I don't know. They just work through. They'd rather just get things done and not take a break. Not me, baby. When I was going through this, I needed my breaks. I need all my breaks. I probably took some of people's, other people's breaks too. But I needed the break because I needed the mental release. Because to be focused and present on something takes a lot of energy. And especially when you are having to kind of fight and push back emotional things that are going on with you. So it wasn't like I'm just fighting to stay focused on what's in front of me. I'm fighting to not let other things creep into my mind, fighting to kind of hold these boundaries so I don't kind of slip back into this depressive state and get focused on my personal problems. When I'm here at work, I'm going to focus. Nobody's dying at home. The kids are safe. The toilet's not over flooding. Things at home can wait. I'm at work. Let me focus on what's in front of me and make sure that I do my best because these people's lives are depending on me. Okay. So I would say, okay, I'm going to do all my morning assessments. Then I'm going to um, sit down. I'm going to, I'm going to chart all my assessments. And then before I do my morning meds, I'm going to get a, take a, get a quick cup of coffee, get some fresh air outside, just to take some deep breaths, have a quick cup of coffee, then come back to kind of just give myself some breathing space. I needed to breathe because I felt so stuffy at times and it's okay to set those milestones. Now I know it's not like a, a, a super big goal. Okay. She, she just a cup of coffee, but I needed to reward myself. I needed to unwind, reward myself and take a mental break because just like when you're exercising, like you're exercising a muscle, you get really tired. That lactic acid burn builds up. You, you have difficulty breathing and you get you get tired, you dehydrated and you're thirsty. You got to take a water break. You got to take a break and, you know, just breathe, give your muscles a, a rest and then you get back to it. So I exercise that same thought process with myself. And in those moments um, where I would take a break, I was compassionate to myself. I rewarded myself with, you know, meditation, music, a cup of coffee. I made sure that I ate g- good lunches and had good snacks. My body needed that energy. I was compassionate to myself. And if I had a sad moment and there wasn't an immediate medical crisis right in front of me, I would go out and get a, you know, tell my buddy, right? Of course, real quick, like, you know what? I just need five minutes. I just need to take some deep breaths real quick. I'll be right back. And I would do that and I would come back, but I exercise compassion for myself. So you should do that exact same thing. Okay. Don't overwork yourself or harm yourself mentally or emotionally if you're having if you're struggling if you're struggling there is going to be there needs to be a line in the sand where if it's too hard for you to focus if it's just tearing you up inside maybe you need either take a break and come back at it or you need to take some time off and it's okay it is okay rather you identify that before your manager your boss or someone at work says oh no she's unsafe she can't focus 
she needs to be sent home and that result in something punitive at work. That's the last thing you need, okay? And tip number five for how to maintain yourself professionally when you're dealing with a personal problem, you just gotta take the time off. I just don't, I don't know how else to say it, but that's what you have to do. Now, some of you will say like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough PTO. I can't afford to be off. And sometimes it bees like that. I get you, I get you, I'm there. And I've experienced some of that. But I also know that those were some of the most worst days of work ever in my life. And you will get to a point where you're like, screw it. I can't be here. I don't want to be here. And you don't want to force yourself to return back to work if if your crisis is so much that it's consuming you and you get to a position where not only can you not focus and you can't perform the task at hand, but then you begin to hate work. And then you're like, fuck this job. And that's not what you really mean. You're just going through something and you just need some time. You just need a minute. So take some time off because that's what you really need. You need to take a few days off. You need to rest and reconcile your thoughts. You need to learn how to accept the things that you cannot change. Recognize what it is you can change and make those changes and create a plan for yourself with what you're going to do to make those changes. That ain't no quick fix, y'all especially if you're dealing with a crisis. Now, listen, a broken arm, we know we're going to set it in the cat, take an x-ray, set it in the cast. A couple weeks from now, along with some, maybe some, some pain management along the way, it's going to be fine. Mentally, emotionally, it don't work like that. Mental and emotional injuries can last a lifetime. And especially if you don't address them or acknowledge them. So acknowledge that you are going through a crisis. It's okay. And if it's a crisis to you, it's a crisis to you. Don't allow other people's value systems to devalue what you're going through. Like, oh, that's nothing. Like, I'm glad it's nothing to you, but it's something to me. Okay. So take the time off to do those things. And when you're off, after you've kind of sorted through your thoughts, make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Make sure that you're getting rest. Make sure that you're drinking fluids, uh, water. Okay, I know some of us would like to self-medicate with another type of beverage, but that's not what I'm talking about here. Um, Make sure you're also eating a healthy diet because I'm going to share another moment with you. And I'm I'm so embarrassed and not proud of myself. I think after I, I got the phone call on my anniversary date from the woman who had a child with my husband telling me that their child was sick and that he needed to come to the hospital because that's how I found out. I was so sick. I don't think I ate for a week. I probably ate, if I had to put all this food together in a meal, I probably ate what's equivalent to two meals in an entire week. Barely drank any fluids. I actually had to go to the doctor because I didn't feel good. And the doctor told me like, Alice, if you don't pull it all together, girl, we're going to have to do something. And that's going to mean that someone else is going to have to watch your kids while you take care of yourself. And I don't think you want that. And you're a good mom. You're a good person. You're just going through something. I needed some time off. I needed some time off to take care of myself. And that's what I did. That's what I did. I took some time off to take care of myself and work through that whole issue. Gosh, that was a, a not a good time. I know you heard the podcast of how I went from CNA to LVN to RN with associates to bachelor's to MSN, CNS, and postmaster's nurse practitioner. One thing I left out of that story, I said that there are obstacles, but I never shared this obstacle. And this is an obstacle that I went through when I was doing my master's program. I almost dropped out of my master's program I didn't. I took some time off. I took a, I took a semester off, but I didn't drop it completely. 
So this is where you need to recognize where taking some time off is healthy for you because had I just pushed through, I probably wouldn't have really learned much. I wouldn't retain the material and I probably would have performed very poorly on my assignments and failed. I recognized what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were. And just like an illness, you need to take some time off to recover so you can heal and then you can come back and pick up where you left off and resume the things in a more natural, usual state. So guys, I am Nurse Alice. (laughs) I just shared a whole bunch of my personal life with you guys. No judgment, but hey, it is what it is. I'm actually kind of glad that I got off my chest. Let me know what you think of this podcast, okay? (laughs) Email me at nursealice at nurse.org. Leave a rating, review on your podcast platform, wherever you're listening to this. And make sure you share this with a friend, a colleague, a classmate, someone you know who's going through it and might need some tips or advice. And these are just a few tips. There's so much more. We can get so much deeper into this, but I hope that this has helped someone. I hope someone who's listening to this can gleam some type of advice, tip, even if it's just one to help them get through whatever you're getting through, because we've all gone through some shit. Some of us haven't gone through it yet, but it's inevitable sometime during the course of our life. And for some of us, it'll be several times. We will go through something that is devastating. We will go through a crisis. And will be overwhelming to us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And we need to take care of ourselves. Okay. But when you're ready to get back in the game professionally, I hope these tips help you in that journey. I'm Nurse Alice. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to nurse.org for sponsoring the podcast. They help get this out there um, to people who need it. You know, if you're a nurse, healthcare provider, wanting to be a nurse, looking to get into nursing school, looking to pivot in your career, go to nurse.org. They have information. They also have lots of fun and interesting, cool things too. So check them out. And until next time, guys, please, 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 please make good choices. Be kind to one another and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.